It's good to be in God's house today. Always great to feel his presence. The interesting thing about the Lord is, even though you don't sense him sometimes, he's always there. I don't know if you've ever flown in an airplane or not, but on a cloudy day, even though it may be raining down below the clouds, once you break through the clouds, you realize the sun is still shining. It's always shining. It never goes away. There are moments when things block its presence, but you can't block the effect of the sun. It's like the presence of the Lord. There are moments that you don't feel the, the full impact. You don't get the sun burn, but you know he's still there. He's still working. His purposes are still being fulfilled. He's not messing around. He's God, and he's still on the throne. And you can bank on that. Come on now. We're in a series called Expansion. And I'm not a builder. All you have to do is ask Bob Wilkinson. He'll let you know. Matt will attest to that as well. Not a builder, but I, I like watching building shows because I like seeing how it's done. And on HGTV, I love, I love watching Fixer Upper because I, what I love to see is something that, that is less than desirable be turned around into something that is valuable. And yet the value was there all along. It just took somebody to see what was there with eyes of faith. One of the shows that's out now is called Good Bones. Anybody ever seen Good Bones? It's these two ladies. They're flipping houses. And the idea is, does this building, does this house have any good bones in it? Because if you got some good bones, you can build something on that bone. You can take a foundation and put something up that's going to be beautiful, be lasting, be able to house the glory. Could it be that God is looking at you today saying, you got some good bones? And if you'll just let me, if you'll just yield yourself to me, once again, I'll tear out what needs to be torn out. May have to strip it all the way down. Come on, somebody. We may have to strip it all the way down. 
We may have to take everything away except the foundation that is built on Jesus Christ. And then start that building process. And build something that is lasting and beautiful. Hallelujah. Expansion always means mess before the miracle transformation. It's always a mess first. You walk in in the middle of any building project. If you don't have eyes to see, you'll say, this is a mess. God says, I see something else. I'll never forget, we, we went to visit our friends in Austin, Texas. They were building their dream house. They invited us to come. They said, you got to come see our, our new house. I'm, like, I'm all about it, right? So we drive out to the property, and it was a slab of cement. And they're like, isn't this amazing? Like, well, yeah, sure. And, and, and then they, they, they took us on to this. They said, come on, you got to see the place. And so we walked on to the slab of cement. This is the entryway. This is the foyer. This is our master bedroom. Here's our kitchen. And we walked around, and, and they could see what we couldn't see. And then they laid the, the blueprints out. And I could finally see what they could see, but I couldn't fully see it yet. And how do you know that God has blueprints for your life? He's got plans. If you'll just yield yourself and say, go ahead, God, do what you want to do in me. <laughs> He'll start building some stuff and... and and you're thinking in the beginning, this doesn't look anything like what I thought. This, this really isn't the dream house that I had planned. And yet God says, just give me some time. I'm working. And the foundation is the most important thing. Because your foundation will determine your ability to expand. It's your foundation that gives you the expansion ability. God wants to build a strong foundation in you. The reality is, before I make it better, I've got to make it worse. And I've seen that happen in my life so many times. Expansion is the action or of becoming larger or more extensive. We've got to realize that in this reaping season, God is doing something. And yet if we haven't taken the time to do the prep work, to dig, to plant, to water, to fertilize, we won't receive all that God has for us. So God is challenging us in this expansion time to, to do what we need to do so he can do what only he can do. Last week we looked at 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And here in this most unread book of the Bible and one of the most unread chapters in the Bible, we find this guy that just sticks out. And I won't, I won't read through today all the names of, of the, the genealogies listed that we did last week. But some of you have already decided to name your daughter Has, has a Little Pony. And I love that. 
Um, but here, it, it's as if the writer, the chronicler, just stops for a moment, and when he comes to the name Jabez, he has to tell a story. There's no stories told about anybody else, but Jabez sticks out. And it says in verse 9, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. In another translation, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Last week I shared with you that the word honorable in Arabic means to bear up under anything, to endure adversity. And honor is the foundation for expansion. Your foundation determines the size of your expansion. It's... it's it's imperative that we have this foundation. And Jabez had a foundation of honor. His name meant sorrow, to grieve, sorrowful, pain. Literally, his name could read, he causes or will cause pain. How'd you like to be named pain? I mean, from birth. This kid causes pain. He's going to cause pain. He has caused pain. He's going to cause pain. It's not a great start, I'll tell you, for a little kid going to school. Anybody have a name that got made fun of in school? Or you had a brother or sister that made fun of your name? Come on now. My brother, he, he laid it on me. Because my middle name was Threll. Gregory Threll. I love it now. I actually gave it to Isaiah. and Isaiah gave it to his kids. It's like, we're going to pass that dude down. And, and uh, I said to my mom at one point in my life, why? Really? Thrill? Why? She said, well, I liked it. <laughs> my brother used it against me. He just used it all the time, every time. And, and he'd make me cry. And, you know, that's what brothers are for, I think. Brothers are born for adversity. That's what Proverbs says. We don't know why Jabez's mother named him pain. But something traumatic must have happened. Something beyond the normal labor pains. And in Bible days, your name meant something. Your name meant who you would become. And, and I love the fact that God is in the name-changing business. Come on, somebody. 
You got to get excited about that. Because God will take who you, everybody says you were going to be, and God says, no, 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 I got a different name. God changed Abram's name to Abraham, father of many nations. He changed Sarai's name to Sarah, mother of many nations. Even though she was barren, Jacob, he changed his name to Israel. He fought with God and he won. Come on. Jesus changed Simon Peter's name from pebble or stone to rock. And he spoke life into his future. You're, you're easily thrown around, tossed here and there now, but, but someday you'll be rock man, immovable. Nobody's going to be able to toss you around any longer. And God spoke life into him, changed his name. God is in the name-changing business. And he wants to change your name, place something inside of you. Though others around you may still call you pain, God says, no, 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 no. Pain reliever. <laughs> First John 3, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. I told you last week about the little ring bearer who walked down the aisle, and every few steps he go, ah. He's growling at the, at the audience, take a few more steps, and ah. And come to find out, he thought he was the ring bear. And there, there, there was another little kid who was in a wedding, and he just lost it because he thought he was the ring bear when he got his little tuxedo. He thought he was getting a bear costume. <laughs> and here's the deal. Your beliefs impact your behavior. What you believe will have a major impact on how you behave. And I say it's high time that we start to believe what God says about us. We need to start believing what God says about us because what God says about us is what's true about us. Listen, pain's a part of life. Everybody has pain. Dallas Willard says, any voice that promises total exemption from suffering and failure is most certainly not God's voice. Your beliefs impact your behavior. And somehow we believe that summer is a reward and winter is a punishment. That life without pain is blessed and anything otherwise is a curse. If you look deep enough, you'll find that every season has growth and blessing in it. Summer, winter, spring, fall. Every season has the ability to bless you if you look close enough. Every single season is rich with potential when you're a child of God. Every season. It doesn't matter what your beginning looked like, how much you've suffered, how much pain and adversity you've had to endure how much grief and sorrow you've been burdened down with, you can be honorable and you can receive blessings from God if you'll ask. We may think that because we've had so much pain and sorrow, grief and, 
and adversity that there's just no hope for us. And Jabez is yelling today, there's hope. There is hope for you. Don't let your circumstances dictate the blessings that God has reserved for you. It's time to do some prep work. Time to dig some foundation. It's time to live honorably. Prep work is necessary for expansion. And Jabez was more honorable than any of his brothers. And honor is the prep work that brings the ability for expansion. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter writes to the church, In the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So, Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And sometimes we think, hey, it's time. And God says, still working on the foundation. Hang on. Let me keep doing my work. Continue to yield yourself to me, and I will put up the walls, the blessings going to come in my timing. Be honorable. Live honorably. So Jabez prayed, oh, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Listen, some blessings don't just come automatically. you got to ask. And you've got to be persistent in asking in order to receive. Look at your neighbor and tell him, ask. Ask, don't give up. After the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray and he taught them the Lord's Prayer, he goes on and in Luke chapter 11, verse 5, it says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. Door's locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough... If you keep locking long, long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Don't give up. We don't know how long Jabez prayed, but we know he asked and he persisted and God gave him what he asked for. Hebrews 10, 36 says, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Oh, that you would bless me indeed, 
that you would enlarge my territory. To bless in the biblical sense means to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. When we ask God to bless us, we're not asking for something we could get for ourselves. We can't get it. We're asking God to do something that only he can do. To provide uncommon favor. Hallelujah. Psalm 90 verse 17, one of my favorite verses. One that I pray many times. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I've got to do what I can do. I've got to work with my hands. I've got to do everything I can do. I've got to live honorably. Come on. I've got to do my part. And then I invite God to do what only he can do. Establish the work of my hands for me. Lord, do what you can do. I'm going to do what I can do, but I'm asking you to pour out your supernatural favor on my life. I'm asking you to give me what only you can give me. I can't have favor without you. But when you give me favor, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Your hand's on me. Your hand's blessing me. Your hand's sending me in the right direction. Your hand's making a way where there seems to be no way. It's opening doors that I can't open in my own. See, that's God's favor. And Jabez didn't, didn't ask specifically. He just said, bless me indeed. He left the specifics of the blessings up to God because he trusted the Lord to know what he needed and to provide supernaturally. Because you see, sometimes I can ask for this, and God says, oh, but I wanted to give you this. I'm thinking this high, and God's going, no, no, no. I got more than that for you. Let me bless you indeed and enlarge your territory. Jabez wanted only what God wanted for him. He wanted to align himself up with God's agenda, God's plan, God's will. If you've ever had a child, you know that children, when they're young, your attention as their parent is all that matters. They could care less about anybody else. They want your attention. I think it's interesting. Maybe God, our Heavenly Father, just wants to be enough. You see, as a child, your parents' attention was enough. I mean, everybody else could come to your game, but if your parents didn't come, it really didn't matter. Everybody else could be in the stands, but if dad wasn't there, eh, who cares? Jabez lived as if God's attention was enough. I think it's interesting that Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, 
you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. There's something about kids and wanting their parents' attention and having them be enough. In Lamentations chapter 3, we look at Jeremiah the prophet. He's writing in the midst of his pain and despair, and he says, he's made me chew on gravel. Some of you can relate to this because you feel this right now. God has made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I can't even come up with enough bitter words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Anybody ever been there? I'm the only one. I see one hand, a few others. I mean, he's down. He's thinking, this, my life stinks right now. I can't even conjure up a memory of something that's good. And then the next verse kicks in and he says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. <laughs> Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. A new batch. Fresh coffee. I don't drink coffee. But my dad drinks a gallon of it. Every restaurant we went into, he said, I want some fresh coffee. He said, I, don't give me the stuff that's been sitting on the burner. He said, go, go brew me a fresh batch. Uh, and they always did. And I never quite understood that. But I guess if it sits around long enough, it gets that bitter taste to it. My dad's like, I need something fresh. And Jeremiah the prophet said, his mercies begin fresh, afresh every morning. Great is his faithfulness. You can count on him fresh every morning. Pour out something brand new on you. It's tasty. It's good. He's a good God. He has good gifts for every one of us. And then he says in verse 24, I say to myself, and sometimes you got to talk to yourself. You remember David he said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Come on. Come on, soul. Bless him. Come on. Get it out. Let's go. Because your soul sometimes is like, eh, I don't feel like it. I just don't want to. <laughs> David's like, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. But all that is within me, bless his holy. 
He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Some of it, you may be living in pain and thinking my life might as well be called Jabez. Pain. But even in pain, it really is the company that matters. Alicia Britt-Sholey says, what is precious about life isn't the scenery, it's the company. He's with me. He's my inheritance. He's all I need. If he is here, then everything will be okay. I'd rather be with him in the pain because he is the treasure. And if I find him in the pain, I've uncovered true riches. It really doesn't matter what's going on around me because he's with me. When we walk through Christie's tongue cancer, we walked through my heart attack. We found moments where it didn't matter what was going on because he was with us. It was his strength, his undergirding power that kept us and held us. And the relationship we built with him in the midst of pain made it all worthwhile. There's something deep that happens when you realize that he's all you need. The old song says, he's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. He's with me. That's all that matters. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And